Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey. That's the motherfucking deal, darling. <laughs> oh, man. So I've been getting into this new show y'all and it's really fucking good and if uh-huh. you, you it's just my new series it's always a new series that i'm getting into last month it was um a wheel of time on prime and it's kind of it got that witchy magical you know game of Thrones vibe but okay so this month is a new one called yellow jackets so it's sickening. <laughs> so it got the actress that you a lot of folks probably know is um Christina Ritchie. Y'all know her. She played, oh, you yeah. know, is it Wednesday Adam or Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday Adams. Uh, she played her, but she also played in like as she got older, she played in Black Snake Moan. She played, she just played so many good. She just has been off the beaten path with her um her roles and she's just a really really good actress so it has her in it and just a bunch of just good actresses that are playing in these roles and so the premise of the story is this it's like lord of the flies but with girls have y'all do y'all remember the movie lord of the flies okay damn so um Trying to think. Lord of Flies is this old ass movie where these kids get stranded on this island and they get to doing like crazy ass shit. Like it turns into this, like they eating each other. It it, 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 it gets crazy. (laughs) So, but it's kind of a more up to date version, but with girls. So basically, this um, soccer, girls' soccer team, they are flying to state championships like they the best sports team of their school they even mm-hmm. you know even though they focused on the boys because it's the boys sports team 
the girls have got a better track record of winning. And so <laughs> their father, um, their father rented them a plane to fly oh. them in a private jet, just kind of as a treat. One of one of the one of the fathers of the girls as a treat to their state championships and in the process of them going and flying their plane crashes and the survivors are living outside uh, waiting to get rescued but they have to live and so they go through (laughs) where they gotta survive they gotta live and they go through this whole thing where um you know, I don't want to ruin for no ruin it, but okay, that's that's the that's the storyline. These young high school girls go through this traumatic experience where they they get in a plane crash and they they have to survive and live where they at because they there's nobody out there. But what you are, but how you come into the story is they are adults now. Okay. And okay. some of them survived, some of them didn't. You don't know yet, but you're meeting some of the them as adults. Uh, so there's certain ones that you know survived, but you go, you go it's like flashbacks, to the, flashbacks to the story, uh, and you see how their personalities. One of them was on drugs. One of them was um, I don't want to ruin that part, but it's the other. It's a bunch of okay. stuff going on where their inter interpersonal relationships really affect the the plot of the story it's really really good check it out um if y'all want to watch you know something like a drama you know sounds interesting okay. that's yeah, it's good. is it, like is, it gory? Huh? is it gory is it gory yes okay yes there's <laughs> not not totally but there are portions like i said it has there's some if it looks like it's some cannibals, well, le- okay, this is the beginning. Soon as you stu- right, as soon as you start the show, there is this girl barefoot in the snow in the forest, running from something. She's screaming like somebody's okay. trying to chase after her and kill her, and then she runs, 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 and falls into this man-made trap. With nothing but spikes coming out the ground. Oh no! And so no, 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 not for me. I mean, I'm glad that folks like that, but I'm yeah. Thanks for that heads up. I will not check it out. So she gets. So they get her. They get her a trap, and honey, next thing you know, they going through a ceremony, child. Is there more? Is there are there are there more kind of like, yeah? Are there more gory examples? Or are you just saying it starts out that way. That's how it starts out. The rest, I, there's that's the first episode though. I don't know how gory is gonna get later. Oh, okay. but right. that's the first scene, and the rest of it is nobody like nothing like that. It kind of telling they're in high school and kind of they're they're mm. sharing you the story. That's the first episode sharing okay. you the building up the story how they're establishing the relationship between the characters so that's oh. the, the but that is how it starts off it just starts off with that gore <laughs> of okay. her falling okay. in the trap and okay. then, that's not like apocalypto it starts off like that mm, i've never seen that but yes that's that's what i've been kind of getting into and i've i've really been a fan of um of christina ricci 
you know, mm-hmm. even from when she was a kid, a child actor. But but even when, you know, as she got older, I have really, really enjoyed the choices of um, roles that she have made. And so, yeah, it's been mm-hmm. I'm, I'm and this one, she plays like this crazy um, nerdy girl. And so. OK. And so she's really, really passive aggressive. It's interesting to her character. Her character is, to me, when I watch her character, it's like, how do you get power when you have no way to get it? All the stereotypical ways people get power, whether it be money, their Uh beauty, their status, whatever, their personality, Uh da, da, da. What if you have none of that? How do you Uh get power? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what her character feels like it explores to me because she's very passive aggressive and manipulative. And and it's because she doesn't have what the other girls have. The other girls is like, you know, pretty and popular and all the mm-hmm. typical social uh, social capital that they can have. And so yeah. once they get in this situation where they got to survive, you know, yeah. she's the smart one. And she's like, I see. Um, she's <laughs> like. That stuff that was working in high school for y'all, mm-hmm. you, you being the pretty girl and you being da 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 da, that shit don't work here. Let me show you right. how to boss up on on this other kind of level, and that's basically Let's how she kind of get into it. <laughs> okay. And not even switch it up. We in a new we in a new world out here, <laughs> so I can be that's queen, it. and I'm gonna show you how my brain becomes the powerhouse, and that's basically what 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 it gives. So yeah, check it out. It's called okay. Emoji. What have y'all been watching? Have y'all been watching anything good or nothing? Uh, I've been watching Abbott Elementary on ABC. Oh, that it's, I haven't watched it, but that looks oh, funny. It is good. It is so good. Uh, Keita Brunson's project and Shirley Ralph is in it. Um, what is his name? From Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, Michael Jen. No, the uh, Chris. The actor that played Chris. Oh, his fine self. Tyler James Williams or something. Mm-hmm. He's in it. Um, yum, it's yum, good, yum, though. Yum, yum. It is good. It's good. It's funny. It's witty. It's smart. Yeah, it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. What's the premise of the show? Um, It's kind of like um, kind of like the office, similar to the office. I think the person who did the office actually works on, worked on the show. So it's a mockumentary. So Keita Brunson gets this whatever, this crew to follow them to show like the schools need help, you know. And so they run into all these different challenges. You know, they don't have enough books. They don't have enough this. Um, it's pretty witty, though. Like the principal. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty funny. Though. It's like it's a lot of different characters. It's like the office, but in the school. So you have a lot of like really big characters. OK. You, you yeah. Um. The girl who says, "What? He got money? Get uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the principal. That, okay, but she's the yeah. one that uh, wrote the show, right? I think she's one of the writers or the oh, producers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think so. It's yeah, it's funny. Mia, have you seen it? No, I've seen like some of the clips on social media. Okay. Like, it seems interesting, and like I see mm-hmm. some of the moments where it looks funny, so I definitely check it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch it. A lot of dry humor, too, you know. <laughs> Deadpan, I live. Deadpan, yeah. Yep. My yep, yep. <laughs> and Shirley Ralph is in it. So 
she's like the older teacher who's like, oh, y'all young kids, you know, I know how this thing works type of thing. So <laughs> what about you, Mia? What you been watching? Um, I just finished Insecure. Mm. So that was, that was What do you think about the finale? It was good. I enjoyed it. It it, it didn't end the way I thought it well, actually it ended the way I wanted to. I thought they were gonna have children, but it was it was interesting. I, I enjoyed it. It yeah. ended the way you wanted it to though. Mm-hmm. You wanted her back with um Lawrence. Yeah, because that was yeah, I think every, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was I felt like that that was that's the way it was supposed to go. Cause like they had so much history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, like I, I, and stuff. Say that again. The connection and stuff. It just seemed like it worked. I mean, yeah. that's what I yeah, I like. You didn't like it, Diamond? I mean, I thought it was horrible. I don't think they work. <laughs> I think I don't think they work at all. I think that um, Lawrence is weak. But I talked about this on um, I was a, a guest host on T with Queen and Jay a couple of weeks ago. And I talked about okay. why I thought that it didn't work um, and why the problem we, we we came into their lives when there was a whole big problem going on. He mm-hmm. hadn't worked and wasn't doing shit in her life. <laughs> and she right. was doing all the working and living together. And the problem with their communications to me was rooted in him and his foolishness. And and her response to his lack of communication, lack of motivation, while immature yeah. and fucked up because she cheated on him. Um, her, that, uh, that part of her and that part of him do not mix to me and that's why i don't feel like they should be together at all okay okay (laughs) i think she should move on to somebody with a better um you know lawrence is somebody even in this last episode i talked about it this last episode Mm -hmm. you only went after Issa because chad told you right and that Mm -hmm. was the problem from the very first season you mm-hmm. you don't you're not self motivated. Something has to, something has to happen for you to actually right. step up and do what the fuck you need to do. She had to cheat on you and break up, shake up the relationship because you mm-hmm. were sitting on your ass for four fucking years till she shook it up. Then you like mm-hmm. mad and want to go sleep with Tasha and want to go do threesomes, <laughs> want to do all this stuff because she done shook it up for your ass. So you only yeah. do whether it be the right thing or the or you're driven based on somebody else doing something to your ass and right. and you're proving that you haven't grown up cuz even in this last episode somebody mm. had to tell you ooh you should go after Issa if Chad mm. had done that he still would have been doing his same fucking shit mm. but now all of a sudden why she cool over here with Nathan well, I don't think right, Nathan is right, right, fully. Right. Why she cool over here with Nathan? Now somebody boosted, put a a fire under your ass, and you mm-hmm. want to be like, I want to fight. Oh, yeah. well, well, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. He he put he put it in my <laughs> face, so let me go do it. And that was the problem with your sorry whack ass from the beginning. You you had no self motivation. You didn't know how to do shit on your own. Even when they both they both kind of it seemed like they both had their shit together. When they got back to you know, at the end, at least you can have your shit together, but um, that don't mean the communication is gonna be right. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> as soon right, as right. you can have your shit together, and communication be wrong as fuck, both of us. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. sickening thing is That's that we are gonna move on and all both have our own careers going. 
Mm-hmm. Insert topic: the communication still a problem. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't know. Uh-huh. It just on a on a superficial like ooh romantic like oh yeah she's getting back with her original boo. That's cute. It's cute, but yeah, I didn't want that. But I guess. <laughs> And then now she got to deal with this extra baby. Ugh, horrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it just was hey. not what I wanted. I wanted her to leave fucking Nathan and leave Lawrence and go on and find somebody new. Somebody new. <laughs> Start fresh. Okay. Yeah. And it was a couple of things that I didn't like about the last season, like as far as, um, we spent too much time with Nathan. We could have got a, a Daniel episode. We got closure with Dro and Molly. Why we couldn't get a closure or, you know, a re mm-hmm. thing with Daniel? Why we have to spend a whole fucking episode watching <laughs> Issa and Daniel? Nathan chase a dog? Which the dark skin, the dark skin one that nutted in her face. Ah! <laughs> 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 Do you remember that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what season was that. Was that season one or two? I can't remember. You definitely did, though. <laughs> that was a major thing. That was a major part of uh, what season was that when he nutted her face? Was it one or two? It might have been one. Might have been two. I can't remember, but yeah. Honey, no. Yeah, that was a big thing. And so <laughs> I wanted to see what that tea was. Um yeah, it was it was nutting so in her face. Yeah, that's what, what was I have the aftermath. <laughs> that's she was mad at him nutting her face after she when she was sucking his dick. I'm like, that's what penises do. <laughs> no, you what? No, you have to give me a heads up. Give me a heads up. Like, no, you Oh, cute. he did. Like, like, he did give her a heads up. He just, oh. she just didn't move fast enough. <laughs> Hilarious. But I have, yes, I have nothing to add would, to that conversation. <laughs> it was so much. <laughs> it yeah, was no. so much. So, uh, what have y'all okay. been watching, listeners? Let us know. Yeah. Hashtag Marshall <laughs> What is new on your your TV agenda or movie agenda? Yeah. I've been seeing a lot about um, Eternals on because it just came. It just got open to everybody on Disney. Um, a lot of I've been seeing a lot about Succession, and so tell us what you have been um, watching. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. <laughs> Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? 
<laughs> all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show so speaking of you know what good stuff we have watched and you know shows we have some award shows that have been kind of getting some shitty ass publicity (laughs) (laughs) so the golden globes the golden globes had a private ceremony instead of having the big televised you know big Uh old show with the red carpet blah, blah blah they are actually they actually chose to do a private because of Omicron? No. So you would have thought that would be because yeah. of Omicron, but that is not why. It is because they have had a backlash with journalists about it not being a lot of there was like this circle of journalists that was allowed to get the tea on what's happening with the Golden Globes. And wasn't a lot of black people, wasn't a lot of black journalists. And oh. so they were got, they were called out about um, this circle of media that they were allowing into the, you know, a lot of, you know, wow, in, into the thing. And so they was getting a lot of backlash behind it. And so okay. they chose to do like a private thing because it got the backlash got really, really big. I'll put the link um, to the um, to the backlash um, in, info. Wait in the, in the okay. show notes but yeah so they was like we just gonna do a private ceremony and because of omicron but wow. they end up doing a private ceremony and the good news is this good news i don't know but well no no it's good news but um, <laughs> the good news is blanca aka mj rodriguez michaela j rodriguez is the first trans winner of a golden globe for her role that's so beautiful that is such a great accomplishment i am so proud of her i i think i i didn't enjoy her acting on the first season but mm-hmm. as the season go on, she gets better and better and better and better. So the last season, she really mm-hmm. just put her foot into her role. And I, I love seeing her growth to go from where she started to where she ended up. So I think it's quite appropriate that she won a Golden Globe for this, this season. Now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 What do y'all think about that before I get into the messy side of it? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, as a former black dress, I think it's great. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> you know, I was, I was a trans theater kid. So, you know, uh, and to see her win, that's amazing. You know, and the fact that she was on Broadway and really helped carry the show, I think it's great. She and did. that's her, her and Billy yeah. carried the show to me. Yeah. What about you, Mia? Um, I really, I really, really enjoyed her. Um, I enjoyed her on pose. I didn't get to see the film that she did with um, um, with the the white guy who was pretending to be trans to get a girl. I forgot what it was called, but I heard it was pretty good. I think it's on Netflix. Um, I I seen a lot of her. Um, 
of her stuff, like with her singing and stuff on Broadway and stuff. Like I thought mm. that was pretty cool because I've never seen like a lot of a lot of trans people do that. But um, besides like a couple, I think I've seen Laverne Cox. You know, she can do, um, she uh, does a little uh, opera here and there, you know, but um, I, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think, I think India was an important part too. Like I really enjoyed her mm-hmm. pose also, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think it's deserved and I'm really happy for her. Like, I hope that they keep open doors for everybody so that the younger women can, can walk through them also and open more do- doors in the future. I, I like the fact that like um, her speech was really nice, even though she wasn't able to do it like everyone else because of whatever happened, I forgot. But um, I, I heard somebody say something, at least. <laughs> at least she didn't say what Billy Porter said. Um, the other girls got to wait their turn. They actually liked her speech, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I I enjoy it. And I'm I'm happy for her, like, just as a Mm. trans person in general, like, um, I know that, well, as a Black trans person, I I feel like that's, it's it's such a beautiful representation. Like, I'm kind of jealous of the, um, the youngster, the youngster, (laughs) the younger generation, because I didn't get to have that representation. Mm. So I, I think it's so important and it's beautiful to see yeah, <laughs> where's her butt? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> you know, and it comes the shade. What's the shade? I just feel like, girl, y'all give it to the trans woman when it's the private ceremony, girl, mm-hmm. where she has, mm-hmm. she don't get to have her red carpet moment. She don't get to have her acceptance speech moment. She don't get to do none of the cool promotional that shit to give you the the boost of and blast of promotion that mm-hmm. happens during a ceremony like that. She literally had to go on her fucking Instagram live, basically preach it to her own choir to give her acceptance speech. So the boost that normal people, um, wow. normal at winners and actress get after you win an award like this, people who may not have heard about oh. the show, who may not, who have, who may not have heard about you they because they watch golden glows because of other shows Excuse they will be exposed to you you don't get to get any of that moment that pu- that publicity and momentum in your career you literally you, you it's a private ceremony and you got to go on your fucking live to give the acceptance speech wow while i'm while i'm glad that she won i feel like that's a fucking shitty ass fucking thing that she didn't get to have that kind of moment. These I know mm-hmm. I've looked, I know myself as a as a YouTuber, I've looked up acceptance speeches from actresses and actors, particularly groundbreaking moments where you know what I'm saying, like when um any kind of groundbreaking moment that you that you you know they do their acceptance speech like um Holly Berry when she won best actor best best um actress lead in a role in Oscars. I've looked up that a couple of times mm-hmm. just to see her speech. We won't get to mm-hmm. see Michaela's speech in oh, her right. moment of, you know, I, I just I just feel like that's fucking, I don't want to say it's intentionally shady, but ugh, I hate that for her. I want, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You in this beautiful gown, somebody done dressed you, some designer done dressed you, and you got to walk up. Right. You got to walk on. That moment that we all have seen 
from celebrities who win awards, that moment that we've grown up looking at, regardless of how old you are, if you're on this earth and you've been um, since award ceremonies from back in the fucking day, you know, these moments are really, really important. And so her missing that is kind of annoying. Do you do y'all feel like it was um safe, you know, like it like because you know times have changed and stuff. And when I say times have changed, I'm about like pandemic and shit. Like, mm-hmm. do y'all feel like it was safer to be able to do it this way, even though it seems like okay, we're gonna let what do the you mean trans safe as in like omnicrons against omnicron safe or yeah, safe for like, them, their image as far as giving it to a trans person. Like as far as like the virus and stuff, like uh, uh, yeah, like because like when you were comparing it to like other times, they we have a pandemic, so I feel like maybe no, the a couple of twenty twenty. Remember twenty twenty one? There was a um, there was some you get what I'm saying some um, some remote ceremonies, and they still got to give their speech, and we got to see them right. Speeches. Right. It was remote. There had been tons since. So there was no kind of nobody was able. No. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't realize it was just like we're just gonna list it online. Here are your winners. We're done. Right. Wow. Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that yeah, it's kind of like when Denzel won for Training Day. He was in all those other movies, and mm-hmm. it's like okay, you, it's still great that you won the Oscar, but you gonna win it for Training Day? The one where you <laughs> that, that kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what this kind of this feels similar to that where it's like you know you won but it's like yeah I didn't but realize also, that though. it feels safe in a sense for them as an image too because look I, I just gave her her rides for a post you know she wore that out but mm-hmm. if you look at who she was up against girl I don't care what you talk about you did not outact Elizabeth Moss in Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> But she oh. beat her, but you did not outact her. I'm sorry. Mia's face. <laughs> Mia, your face. That's my bitch. That's my bitch. It has made hell. You, you, did you watch Handmaid's Tale, LJ? No, I've never watched Handmaid's Tale. Diamond put me on back at Bath and Body Works. Like, Handmaid's Tale is fire. And it's you good. didn't act. I don't care what you talk it's about. Good. I love you, girl. I'm glad you won for me. No fucking shame. <laughs> Damn. It ain't no shame. But you did not act <laughs> out. Both, y'all both like that lady. I'm sorry. You Honey, you did not. No you, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I want you to win. I'm glad that you won. But when I look at who you were coming up against, because I didn't look who she was up against until today. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. <laughs> now, bitch. <laughs> I, ain't even I feel lie. like they said, we already done gave Elizabeth one already for Hands Made Tale. So we don't need to give it to her again. We're about to have a private ceremony. Let's go ahead and get the Trini training one out the way check the box <laughs> in the, during Lame. the private ceremony oh Lame. and and because you're saying they were getting all this uh push around uh you said around black folks specifically folks of color in the media that and and it's there there has been a snub of the actresses of pose for three three awards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i and say so, that billy so it well, was not, a big we're trying to get trying to get Emmy. Not, billy won an emmy yeah. But and none of the, the actresses, 
do you see what I'm saying? Billy won an Emmy, but he's a gay man and he's a supporting role. Nah, is he a leader? Supporter? I don't know. But yeah. the, 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 the storyline revolves around the trans women, period. Right. Um, period. Yep. And so, yep. so I don't, he gets to win a war, an Emmy, but none of the act- actresses in his ensemble gets any kind of nothing, no nomination, right. no nothing. And okay. so and it was, it was, because, yeah. they had a backlash with that too, but they finally said, okay, well, we gonna slide the girls one and, you know, mm-hmm. it's the private ceremony. We just gonna do the list and, you know, ain't nobody gonna worry about it. <laughs> I can, I can, I can see, I can see, I can see where you're coming from with that. <laughs> Under these mm. circumstances. Hopefully, right, like, so just, um, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just hopefully, just in general, like, um, like, it, as far as social media and, like, where we are today, hopefully she can get her due deals, like, as far as people spreading the word and, you know, that visibility that she needs in order to, to get where she wants to be and open up more doors. Mm. So this is a part of her speech, her emotional speech on Instagram Live. So this is what she says. This is for the LGBTQAI, Black, Latina, Asian, the many multiple beautiful colors of the rainbow around the freaking world. This is not just for me. This is for y'all. There are going to be so many young individuals, young, talented, thriving individuals that are going to be able to trail in and storm through the door. This is for y'all. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I thought that that was so beautiful. She says, love wins. <laughs> she says, um, love wins again. She says, um, she says to the nominees, other nominees, we are queens. I am so happy to share space with you. Each and every last one of you women are phenomenal. And so, you know, class mm-hmm. act, she's always, mm-hmm. you know, always been a class act. So I thought that was beautiful. She really focused on thanking like you said she didn't do a billy porter she really well no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. let me give billy porter a little bit of grace when he said that that wasn't during the acceptance speech when he said that a reporter had asked him about the snub of the girls and that was his response to that so during the acceptance speech he he just was his regular thanking everybody um but there has been some I, I was, you know, the internet is a cesspool of <laughs> a bunch of trolls. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, the, um, I seen somebody have post something about her win out of all the, some transphobic asshole, out of all the win, out of all the women, quote unquote, um, that could, uh, that, that are actors and act, that are actresses in the world. And a man wins the Golden Globe, girl. That's what somebody's response to the win. Uh, and everybody was in them comments reading the fuck out of them. They ate them up. <laughs> good, good. Reading the oh, fuck out of them. Good. And I thought that was good. I love when when a when a troll get roasted, uh, wore out. So I love that. But um, but that's that's just the nature of us being trans in the public eye. There are going to be backlashes. There are going to be trolls trying to get under our, our skin and be turfy and be shady and be annoying. Yep. But bitch, we still want hoes. Still got the motherfucking golden <laughs> glow. Fuck out of here. That's right. So wow. Yeah, so 
So congratulations, Michaela. Y'all, yes. make sure y'all go storm her motherfucking um, social media and tell her that we are all proud of her. She did a great job in polls. I'm glad that she won. And that this, like she said, this is a door open for us. And, you know, more is yet to come. So tell us what you think. Hashtag Marsha's Play. <laughs> Uh, so Andrea Jenkins uh, has become the first black trans woman to be elected to the city council president in any city in the United States. Um, she first made history in 2017 after she became the first out black trans woman to be elected to public office in the United States, period. Uh, almost five years later, uh, she's done the game. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, wasn't there? No, <laughs> Althea Garrison was the first. I was gonna say, was, was she like a, was, she was like a conservative woman out, out east? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, she's conservative now, but I, oh, I don't okay. think when she was running, she was. But she might have been. I can't remember. But um, yeah, Althea Garrison. She, she it was in 1992. Thanks for that correction. Well, the article needs to be corrected. So she was so she, in 2017. She was elected to be on the city council in Minneapolis. And so now she's been elected as the first openly trans person uh, to be the city council president in the United States uh, just recently. Um, she also, when she was on the city council, uh, George Floyd was actually that incident, not this incident, you know what I'm saying? This murder that happened was in her district. Um, you know, in a context right now where there's a lot of anti-trans stuff going on across the country, legislation, you know, folks are kind of out here, um, you know, it's pretty historical. Um, but yeah, so today, now there's, they say there's over 1,051 LGBT elected officials in the United States, um, marking the first time the number of LGBTQ elected officials have surpassed 1,000. But back to Jenkins, her main issues are public safety, um, affordable housing, health care, and living wages. I think that's pretty dope, um, pretty historic. Um, but yeah, um, just want, I wanted to bring this to the table because one, it's history and it's dope. I want to celebrate her and her achievement and our community, but also wondering what you all think about folks running for office in this climate today. Um, because one of the possibilities models are out there in a way that they weren't i would say when i was growing up but also there is a climate that's you know there's a lot going on uh so yeah what do you all think about that particularly black I, folks sorry no go ahead what you say about black folks no i'm saying particularly black folks because like i think it's one i think you know black people running in districts where the black trans folks running for office in black communities, I think is a big deal as opposed to maybe being in a college town or being in, you know, in, you know, certain uh, more liberal spaces, you know, or places that aren't majority black, you know, I think is, is the bottom line. And so for folks who are in, in, are in communities that are rooted in the black and centered in black communities, what do you think about folks running for office and like, yeah, in this power. I mean, don't have to be just in that, but I think, yeah, that's my question. 
so sorry. Could you ask the question again? What do you think about trans folks, black trans folks running for office, for political office? Like, do you think it's in this climate, like it's safe for folks to do that? Do you think it, you know, we need more folks to do it? Like just because the climate is just interesting. Here we are in 2022 and, you know, Trump about to do his thing. He's still doing his thing. We just talked about what's happening with these different attacks in the state legislatures. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's amazing. Um, I think that I think if that's what you want to do, then go ahead and do it. Like as far as the political thing, like I think that representation is beautiful. It always reminds me of Monica Roberts, one of my favorite yes. people. Um, I, re I, I always reminds me of how passionate she was. Like nobody had to ask her; she would just be there. Um, yes, everywhere. So, yeah, I think it's beautiful, and I think that that's important for Black people in general to see. Mm -hmm. um especially black trans folks or black queer folks um yeah. that would show up in these cishet predominant places and um make differences and changes also so because sometimes it seems like when you don't see yourself it's it's almost impossible so mm -hmm. like i said i think it's beautiful it, mm -hmm. that we're showing up and we're opening these doors regardless of the odds that are against us or the percentage of us that are trying to do it. It's brave. Absolutely. It's really brave to be the yeah. first, like to be the first anything in any minority group that like the spotlight is on you. And it's almost like you have this um, representation, whether you like it or not for the, the entire your entire intersectional um, mm. part of who you are, like the woman, black, trans, queer, all those identities. Mm -hmm. What about and, you, Dan? And I think, like, um, I'm glad you brought up Monica. I hate that she passed because she was planning on running for office. She was just preparing for it, and um, you know, it was definitely in her dream. And so, I hate that she passed away. Um, but I think that I don't know. I feel like I just wanted to be the right people. I think mm -hmm. Andrea is definitely one of those right people. So that's why I'm glad people in her area are trusting her. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm glad because, you know, I met her in person. I've, you know, we've done events together and she's just mm. good people and she's just, um, you know, she just is the type of politician that I would love to be representing me if, mm. you know, if I was one of her constituents. Yes. But, you know, some people, uh, I told y'all about me going to the LGBT um, mm. conference, a political conference in DC mm. in, in the beginning of December. And for me, there were some people that was talking the right shit, but there was some people that was just like, it yeah. felt like, uh, as you know, like they was a fucking op, my nigga. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, it yeah. felt like yeah. these is just, they just got the gift of gab, but they really are just trying to create about shit. political yeah. career and get funding and get money. And, and it, it like, they're just coming into this political landscape 
and not really trying to buck up against the system. They are, it just feels like they are business as usual. That's what it feels like. That's not good. Yeah. And and so (laughs) I don't want any more of them. (laughs) I want some people that's going to come in and do some new things and come in and try to um, shake it up. And so, yes, I don't think we're going to one candidate um, is going to come in and uh, shake it up in the sense of dismantling the whole system. But at least do your part to chip away at the boulder of what we're trying to reform or redo and so if it's people like that i think yes go for it and what was interesting during that conference they said a statistic if we if we had the same amount of people in politics that represent us (laughs) as far as queer people that was reflected in our numbers (laughs) we would need about twenty five thousand offices when it comes oh, to wow. re- representing our folks and the equal amount of percentage mm-hmm. of us. So not any more, any less. It's, however we are represented as constituents in the population, we would need about 25,000 more um, candidates around the country. Wow. And we only got about a thousand, a little under a thousand. So the goal, they say, is for us to get to at least um, 2,000 and keep going and keep going. We don't have a lot of LGBT people um, running for office. and But that is changing because I think people are seeing that it is actually possible with wins like we see with Andrea. Right. We see yeah. people actually winning. It used to, you know, there was a lot of stigma around being a queer candidate. Like, oh, you can't win. Mm. Oh, you can't. You know, you can't do you can't do that. And so, you know, now that we know that it is possible, we have people who are in the Senate who are trans. We have people who are across the country in political. We we look look at Honey Mahogany in um, the the Democratic chair in San Francisco. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, Sarah McBride is her name. Sarah McBride. Um, um, That is our is is a senator. Just so many people. And even here in Texas, we got a couple of, um, you know, um, political, I'm going to say giants, but <laughs> but people, heavy hitters here. And so I think people see it and see that it is a possibility. And yeah, go for it. I think if you Ooh. are thinking about running for office, even if it's as a small, like a small, like on the yeah. board of your school council, on the board of your um, wherever, a small role in your area. I think those things make a difference and especially directly connecting, you are more connected to those, you know, everybody. Yeah, lo- yeah local, is where, local is where it's at. That's where you're the most yeah, powerful. Everybody talk about the presidential, you know, yep. that's the one that gets a lot of publicity, but actually the mm-hmm. one that affects you the most is your local. So yep. yeah, get in the yep. game, start fighting. If you have time and you want to, um, you know, you have the energy to go into that, go for it. I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. One more thing I wanted to uh, add about this, what I thought was dope, just get your thoughts. A couple of places these articles were in, not just general media, but also specifically Essence carried the story, like Enterprise carried the story. And I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. The Root carried the story that you got Black media, Black national media carrying the story about this Black trans woman and this accomplishment 
Like, you know, I don't think that would have happened 10 years ago. Well, I don't maybe it would have happened 10 years ago, but I definitely probably wouldn't have happened a while ago, you know, so not more than one publication, maybe. So I thought that was pretty cool um, as well. And yeah, so let us know what you think. You know, uh, we're celebrating. I don't want to say her name incorrectly. Andrea Jenkins. Andrea, I don't, you know, there's so many ways you can say that name. Andrea Jenkins. <laughs> you know, the white girls usually are like, what are white girls? Andrea? Yeah. Anyway, learned, I learned about that in college. Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Okay. So Andrea Jenkins, yeah, she's made history. Let us know what you think about folks, trans folks, black trans folks running for office specifically. Is that something you're interested in? Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Play. That was beautiful. It's Sunday, honey. Just in case you girls don't know. Um, <laughs> I wanted to um, talk about this little clip that I've seen on T.S. Madison's uh, Instagram. I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to look at the um, the show that she has on. I said so Fox. So yeah, let me. I think Fox. So. Um, mm-hmm. the network. I didn't get a chance to look at it, but from what I've seen, definitely go check it out and support the TS, darling. Yeah. But I want to get into it and um talk about the clip I seen. It was a clip of her and Cherry the Boom, um, um, a socialite, a, a trans woman who is a socialite. Um, you probably could YouTube her. Um, she has a lot of just big. She's just a big personality, and so mm-hmm. um. T.S. Madison has her on um, her show and she was um, basically they were having like a heart to heart in the car. What has been your deepest experience with with what is your love language with God? And it it bothers me a little bit because so many people say that we can't have relationship with him. And if it wasn't for him, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where I would be. My relationship with him has grown. And he has let me know that you can live in your truth. I remember, girl, one year, I was probably like eight or nine. And I remember sitting in the mirror and I said, Lord, I just want to be a girl. Mm. And if you allow me to be a girl, I want any Christmas presents, any birthday gifts. And now that he has allowed me to be this woman, I never knew that so much hate would come behind it. And people really do not understand how for real or a deep thing it is for us and how satisfying it is that once we find our true selves and our true identities and who we are, how happy we are. Yes. And one of the things that makes me so angry is when people say, 
oh, you couldn't love yourself because you you went out there and botched your body up. You've done all this. You know, you and I hear yes. some a yes. lot of this. Yes. You've botched up your body. You've done this stuff. And you're like, no, I'm just blossoming into who I feel that I am. Yes. And I feel like if it wasn't for God's love, his support and his protection around me, society and the world probably would have won. There are so many people, young trans people, young gay people who commit suicide. Girl, I get messages on the daily, Madison, like, Cherry, I'm straight men. I'm trying to come out the closet. I'm trying to, heterosexual women, Cherry, you've helped me with my confidence. And all I'm doing is living in my truth and, and realizing for myself that everything is possible. That's why I love you, girl. That's why I live for you because, bitch, it has let girls like me know that times are changing and it's all possible. Yeah, it is. So that was a little clip that I was going to talk about. Um, I thought that was interesting that they uh, they brought up God because you usually don't hear that a lot um, in community and um, just in just in general um, from my experience. And like a lot of people kind of shy away from it. So I was wondering, um, what if you guys, what are you guys' experience like in 2022? Like, um, what's your relationship like? Um, how do you guys feel about um, the clip? I have a spiritual life that's really important to me. Um, particularly since transitioning, I will say it's a, it's a stronger relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought the clip was really moving. Mm. Um, it was kind of cringy a little bit for me. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a Christian, and I, I divested from that a while ago, and so um, the patriarchy in Christianity was too much for me. The um, the homophobia the it, it always just too much for me and i i could i couldn't deal with it and um as much as i tried to um adjust and and make it feel like my own like my own personal christian relationship with god it just never really fit it just never um there is there's a community that needs to happen, a fellowship that needs to happen. And I can't fellowship with people who think that I'm an abomination. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I can't fellowship with, with people in, in that, in that regards. And so, um, yeah, it just wasn't a, it just, it just didn't satisfy me on a spiritual level. So when I watch people, um, talk about it from that level, especially people in in our community it's kind of cringy for me but i know that's their own personal thing and in people's religion is not my business at all so i just mm -hmm. was like oh okay cool mm -hmm. i kind of i kind of actually i didn't watch the whole thing i kind of clicked it off um it you know it just was kind of cringy but i understand people who need that and and if it's fulfilling to them and makes them um feel better and makes them a better person i say go for it if you if you love that you know that god and you know go for it that's my thoughts about it i think also like it's, you know well you don't know 
my, my experience growing up in church was very, I grew up in a very like liberation theology uh, center, Afro-Christianity centered church environment. Woman, it like, you know, they womanism was talked about, you know, so it's just a very, it's not like that now. But when I was growing up in the church at that time, under the pastor that was there pretty much my entire life, it was a very radical space to be in. I was around radical black people at this church. And I'm very grateful for that. And actually wasn't until I left home that I met a lot of people who had very traumatic experiences with church when it came to being queer and trans. Um, it wasn't something that was talked about at my church, but it wasn't something that was in the pulpit around, you know, hating gay people or saying people going to hell or any of that kind of stuff. It actually was just like the only time that they talked about gay people was working on an issue in the community that impacted. It might have been around the time of, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, so that's it. Um, so I'm grateful for that because that's my person for me, even my statement in my life. That's my, that's how I'm anchored. Um, spiritually, having classes on Africa and the Bible, learning about Northeast Africa, not the Middle East. <laughs> That's a made-up term, you know. You know, knowing about the the African origins of Christianity um, was a part of that experience in church, and um, so yeah. So that for me, that's how I'm rooted um, in terms of my spirituality when it comes to Christianity from that experience. And I know that's an experience that most people don't have. I recognize that. Yeah. Especially like in Black Americans. Um, like, yeah. more, like from my experience, I'm from the rural area of the South. So, like, I main, mainly was like in um, first, like Christian, where they don't they don't play like mute, like instruments in in church. Then I went oh. from that to um, to Baptist, mm -hmm. and I, I, I've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times. Um, my, I was kind of scorned away from it just from being a queer person and trying to find myself and people trying to be so judgmental. Like you, you learn how judgmental people are from um, how they treat your, your, your peers, like the cis girls and the cis boys, like how they tell the girls, Oh, you, you, this is the dress code. You have to wear a, a dress that's not form fitting. That's below your leg, your knees. Da, 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 da the boys have to wear suits and so binary that it was like damn what the fuck happened because I, I was so used to like um straddling that line outside of church i didn't know how i was going to do it inside church and still be able to like um praise and worship mm. so um like comfortably without feeling like everybody around me like diamond said was judging you mm. and i had times like um where like I would go to the pulpit and um, like um, just just pray, have people pray for me, and like uh, just talk about my my week and the things that's happened. And I remember one time somebody came and tried to pray the demon out of me, and I'm like, "Bitch, what demon, wow. girl? What, wow! Everybody asked for this." Then I I'm, I met up with somebody and he was like, you know, you have to watch praise for you because you never know what they're praying for. And so I don't know. I had things that scorned me away from church where I didn't even want to go there because I'm like, I, how can I even um, be myself? Like, why would I be in church? And I feel like, you know, people see me as an abomination and um, I'm just not welcome. Then I went to a all like a LBGT one. 
Mm-hmm. It, it was just, I guess I was so conditioned into the binary that the LBG team one, it just didn't give me what I needed because I was so used to like um, a soulful type of service mm. where was it you know, the metropolitan? I just MCC? like where like a sickening choir where you know people might end up catching the Holy Ghost or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like uh, the the preacher just being super dramatic while he's telling the story and not telling the story but by you know talking about his sermon but I don't know I just um, for me personally I just I, I tried to like how can I say it I, I realized that I couldn't rely on people inside the church with my relationship mm-hmm. with God. I had to do it on my own. And I feel like you didn't have, I feel like you don't have to go to church in order to have a relationship with God. Like I don't, I've never seen that anywhere. I think it's cool to, to like be in, in church, but I don't think you necessarily have to go to church in order for God to accept you and for you to, to, to just follow him. So that's just my journey right now. Yeah, you know. Let me um, ask y'all this: mm-hmm. What do you, do, Mia? Do you like read the Bible, like actively be in the Word? I've read the Bible twice. No, no, no like actively. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. So I've read the Bible twice, but I don't actively read like every day. Okay. Mm. Have you, you heard good? of being turned over to a reprobated mind? Did you say good? No, no, no. I said, do you, have you heard of being turned over to a reprobated mind? No, let's talk about it. So there's a concept where um, in the Bible that talks about um, a reprobate means somebody who is like morally deprived, unprincipled, bad. Um, and in, 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 in the Bible, it talks about God can turn you over to a reprobated mind. And what it means is like you are just in you're just in your sin without any conviction about it. Like you're just in it and you don't feel it's wrong. You don't feel anything is wrong with it. And so some people would think that people like us are turned over to a reprobated mind. We don't Mm. feel like what we are doing is wrong. We don't feel like we're just in our quote unquote sin because we're supposed to be the abominations. We don't feel like we, we, we don't feel like it's wrong. We don't have any conviction about it because we are turned over to a reprobated mind. And so, um, even when God gives one over to a reprobated mind, he still loved you. He hopes one, he hopes eventually that you will repent. Um, when they have had enough suffering from following their own lust and their sins. Um, series one conscious to that Holy Spirit can't redeems it can't redeem them. He's in the hopes that you're gonna turn over, but he's just letting you loosen your sin. And so that's a concept in the Bible. It's, it's a concept mm. that um, you know, at when I was in church, I was actively how our church, how our um church culture was you are supposed to be studying you are so you know that's Mm, why you have mm. um um bible study you're you're supposed to be studying the word and and really being you know 
engulfed in reading what the scripture has to say about how you are supposed to be living as mm -hmm. a Christian. What is the word of God? That's that's how uh, it it was it was I was raised to do. So in that process, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why I had to literally divest from it all, is mm -hmm. because it was very very clear to me that this is just not for me because of this. There was always this level mm -hmm. of, oh, you you just are, you have turned up because you're doing this homosexual, transgender, going away from the nature of things and da 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 da, oh, da, wow. da, da totally, totally denouncing your thing. You are turned over to a reprobated mind. And until <laughs> you actually <laughs> repent, you just are not, you get what I'm saying? You, and and the fact that you have no conviction that's what it is some people who are not turned over to a reprobated mind they have a conviction about it like they're doing something wrong like you know that guilty feeling that you feel like when you're quote unquote sinning when you're doing something wrong that guilty feeling mm -hmm. is the conviction when you don't have that when you're doing something that the Bible deem is wrong and you don't have that, that is an indication that you're turned over to a reprobated mind because you don't have wow. any conviction. There's no, there's no consciousness of you doing it. You don't think it's wrong. You don't think any, there's a problem with this. And so when you hear people talk about even the ones who are nice and you know, right. <laughs> who are not you like, Ooh, you know, they, that. Yeah. they'll talk about it from that aspect. And for me, uh -huh. um, <laughs> it's almost like many uh, let me read this too many people do the opposite of what they know is right and they do it deliberately it is also possible that a reprobated mind doesn't a reprobate doesn't know that they're reprobate they are simply doing whatever is promoted by the cultural climate around them that's why god and and that's why his truth and his and quote unquote truth and i'm just i'm just i'm just yeah, I'm just saying this so y'all can understand why I die. That mm -hmm. they where are you reading that from again, Dominic? Huh? Your context, where are you reading it from? So we're just questions of uh about what I wrote down when you when you were um just to explain. Um you can you can just oh, oh no, I seen you reading a context. That's why I was I was like, Oh, oh it's stuff you? that I wrote down as far as the definition of what people think rubber bait, what rubber oh, bait okay. is defined as what the, they simply are kind of like doing what is around them and so they don't have like i said they don't have any conviction they don't have any um there's no conscious about what they are doing which is why the tr the the gospel needs to be spread so that you can get out of that sin and come be a part of the body of Christ and have your relationship with Christ and then fellowship with other Christians and y'all spread the word and spread the gospel. That is the point of spreading the gospel. So you can, so the savages who don't know the Lord can come to the Lord. The sinners who oh, don't know the no. Lord can come to the Lord. The whores who are out here, you know, unmarried and all these things, you can come to the Lord. That's the point of spreading the gospel, getting people to convert and be and worship God. And so because of that stuff, yo, I just, it's just yeah. me. I got to That's be so out. toxic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm go I got to be out. And so for me, it just wasn't, um, mm -hmm. it, 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 my spirit couldn't take my own spirit. Couldn't take mm -hmm. that anymore. 
And so mm -hmm. trying to make trying to make those ideologies actually fit me, it no longer fit me. And so mm -hmm. while I was I was trying to hold on to it because I was raised in the church, I was raised in culturally mm -hmm. Christian. And so mm -hmm. it got to the point where I was like, uh, how, when do you, you get what I'm saying? I was shit in the, in the same way that I was raised to be a boy. <laughs> mm -hmm. When does mm -hmm. it get to the point where I divest from that? And mm -hmm. I had to do the same thing with my, um, my Christianity. I, mm -hmm. I'm no, I was no longer holding on to it. And so, you know, and so I had to find something else to, um, to quench my, you know, spiritual thirst and give me that kind of solace, that um, spiritual solace. And because it, it wasn't that I can't, I can't imagine it. Ju it just yeah. wasn't that for me. Yeah. And so that's why I asked y'all, what do you, what do you think about um, the reverberated mind? Why I brought that up? Because if you, um, if you are still in that, how do you explain the reprobated mind if you because that's it's in the bible it talks about the reprobated mind how do you explain and why do you think you are not a part of that i'm never well yeah i'm still like i've never heard this term um why do i think i'm not in a reprobated mind are you a christian jay yeah i'm a christian okay so yeah, why I, I never heard this. in the in the reprobated mind stage um i don't know i never because i never i'm still kind of like i never heard this concept but uh i don't think i'm in it i i mean i guess the perspective that i've come up in uh and then also after like when i got older i found like grace united and unity fellowship like black lgbt kind of centered church uh christian spaces uh, which definitely made a difference because I did bump into the situation Mia mentioned where I was like, I don't know what's going on in this service. I got to go. But um, no shit. yeah, so yeah, yeah, that was, like, culturally, right? But yeah, I mean, in terms of like my relationship with Christ and God and all that, I think I've kind of looked at it as come as you are. So I didn't really see, I don't see, I think that for me, that is why I'm not in the uh, Reverberated, reverberated, reverberated mind. Let me so everybody who listens can get the, the one of the scriptures. It's yeah. Romans one, uh, verse twenty eight. The verses that it references is verses twenty four through um, thirty two. Uh, the 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 specific verse is verse twenty eight. Um, 32 is one and it, it, it comes up. And if you grew up in church, there's particular sermons about being turned over to a reprobated mind. Um, mm. if you, if you grew up in my kind of church, I don't know about, other nah. church, I mean, know, yeah, no, nah, it, it wasn't a lot of like, I would say, uh, the, the way it was when I was growing up, it wasn't a lot of fire and brimstone kind of sermons. It wasn't no kind of like, it definitely was more, uh, uh, positive i don't know but it wasn't it was that that's not it wasn't like now when i went to other people's churches sometimes i hear that but the way that the service went and my, my church was boring when i was growing up let me just be clear it was kind of boring no shade no shade to the you know to the church but sometimes it was boring like sometimes you know when the choir sing and things like that you know folks get the holy ghost but wasn't nobody running up and down the aisles regularly <laughs> what no you know it was very like 
medium key. It wasn't low key. It was like medium, you know. So yeah, I hope that yeah that should help with that context. So like no, <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. Yeah, no, what the, yeah. Usually it wasn't. It wasn't like a fire and brimstone. It you. It was how they how they explain people that you couldn't get to. You feel yeah, what I'm saying? We, like it wasn't like people, that. There's yeah. wicked people in the world who just do not want to accept Christ. There are people who are lost in their sin who is going to be more difficult for you to get to. And so this is how this concept is how they explain. It's like a missionary kind of energy. Mm, with nah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm sure they could. They use it too. But honestly, mm -hmm. I done been to multiple churches where this concept was mm -hmm. presented in different ways. But usually, the the consensus is this concept: the reprobated mind ex explains how they are lost in their sin, and um, and that's what I mean. Like some, and it's it's without conscious. They're just kind of doing it because they they no longer have any conviction about. You know, like if you still have, you know, if you was raised right, quote unquote, raised right, and you out there sinning, you got this this kind of little thing in your stomach and your in your gut that says, "Oh, this is wrong." I might, I might want to, um, you get what I'm saying? I don't want to be doing this, but I'm out here doing it. If you still have that conviction, you definitely are not turned over to a reprobated mind because that conviction that conviction makes the difference. But if you are, if you don't have no conviction. You don't have any kind of conscious that you're wrong. You're just out here doing it. Then you and you're just out here in the sin, just doing your thing. Then that connotates that you that that would indicate that you out here turned over to a reprobated mind. That's what that's oh. the, the consensus. Like you just out here. And so my mind is why I asked y'all that is because you don't feel like being trans is wrong. We we don't. We don't feel like right. being trans is wrong. We don't feel like how we are living is in sin at all, right? And so how do we know that, and this is just for the sake of the conversation, how do we know that we, if you, from a Christian standpoint, because I'm not Christian, so I'm just having this for the sake of conversation. From mm -hmm. a Christian standpoint, how, if you have no conscience and you, you have no um, feeling that this is in any way wrong, how are you, how, how do you, how do you, not know that you're not turned over to a reprobated mind as the bible talks about <laughs> Look, listen, I will, I listen this is what this is what i'm gonna say this is what i'm gonna say based on how, how what church was like when i grew up i would put this in the same category as white people take that bible and do what they want to do too I don't know nothing about that like that. I don't look at it. I don't read it that way. I don't interpret that way. I don't know about that. And uh, the way I was raised is come as you are. You know, God don't make no mistakes. Woo, -da -woo, -da -woo, -da -woo, -da woo So for me and my Christianity, I'm going to put that in a box somewhere else because I don't really know nothing about that, about being rejected by God. Like that in, in all this, in all, you know, I don't know nothing about that. That's not the, the, the way I was raised. In Christianity at all to have an emphasis on, you know, ousting people. Actually, I do have a different story from church though about being gay and LGBT stuff. One time, on my way out the door, when we got the little, we had a new pastor. It was like my senior year, I think. Somebody came back from college and was like the new youth person. So we had a church like 
camp, what is it, in-service, camp-in, sleepover, something like that. So I go to the thing, this little youth thing, and the person pulled me aside because she got to be like in her early 20s, giving that kind of Kim Burrell energy. You know what I'm saying? So she gay. <laughs> she gay. She just came back from Atlanta. So she goes, to, she pulls me aside. <laughs> she pulls me aside in the year 2000, right? And says to me, somebody here is gay. And I'm like, oh shit, it's me. You know what I'm saying? Because at this time, I'm still going to the gay bars. I'm sneaking out. I'm going to Pride Fest, all that. No, she goes, actually, this, I shouldn't say actually, she goes, hey, this person X is gay, is a homosexual. I was like, girl, what? She ain't gay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wait, she said, you know, you should, uh, first she goes, you shouldn't be friends with this person because they're gay. And then I was like, girl, what? So then, I now me and this person, we're like family. We grew up in the church together. Our parents, our mamas grew up in this church together, whole families, you know what I'm saying? We second generation in this church. So I go tell my mama, she called her mama, and and, and her mama wore, that, wore her ass out, period. So that's my only other context to like church and gay. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Cause like, what the, what? You don't do that. You don't do that. Yeah. Um. I don't know what to say about it. I kind of feel like mm. LJ, like, I don't, I don't know. It's It's been a minute since I went to church. So, I mean, I don't know much about, you said the reprobated mind. <laughs> Now, I might have Christian, to do I'm some research to start reading on the that. Bible, <laughs> no, I read the Bible, but I'm saying I might have to do some research on that specifically. Listen, I'm gonna. I go to a church. My pastor is a black gay dude who says I'm gonna ask him about this because I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna learn here when he get his thoughts on that. Um, you know, because you know, he gay. He black. He's a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Reprobated mind. Okay. Okay, me and close it out. I think that's a good way to start the audience, get the audience involved, though. Let's see yeah. what they think about being turned over to a reprobated mind if you're a Christian. Um, mm -hmm. you know, being lost in your sin. Oh my goodness. You know what you're so wild. Okay, so hashtag versus white. <laughs> 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 yes tell us what y'all think hashtag Marcia's play <laughs> and I think we did a show y'all that's what we go in <laughs> yeah we got, we got it we got it our Christian bag this week honey. we want to know what y'all think what's, what's going on tell us what you know you church mm -hmm. folks out there Chime mm -hmm. in, we want to know what's up. I hope this wasn't triggering. You know, a lot of us have some shitty ass trauma around church, but we just this is some. These are hard conversations, so yo, we have hard conversations, and this it is what right. it is. We apologize. Wait, and some clearly don't. You, but you know, this is just discussion, and you know, open it, open it up, open the can of worms. Let's heal these wounds. So yeah, so, all right, right. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Reprobated my. I will ask Pastor Jamel about that. Yes, <laughs> Let me know what it gets, honey. I'm right, doing some Bye. research. <laughs>
Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright. Baby,